Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Appreciate you rocking with us on a Friday where Luka Doncic currently has 65 of them things. Damn! 65 of them things. He cannot miss. 23 of 29 from the floor. 8 of 12 from deep. And, and there's still 10 minutes, 10 seconds left in this game. The Mavericks are leading Atlanta 116-107. to 107. They need every single one of those points. I swear he's going to score over 70 points. I said it earlier. And the number one reason why is because Tim Hardaway Jr., who has to help him win the game, he's one for seven from the field. One for five for three. He's only got three points. Uh, the only people basically helping Luka because Kyrie's not playing tonight because that's as uh, sore thumb is still bad. Uh, Josh Green's got 17. He's been sitting at 17 for a long time. Uh, Grant Williams got six. Derek Lively's got six. Dante Exum's got five. Jaden Harley's got eight. I mean, nobody else is really helping. Dante Jones, I mean, excuse me, Derek Jones Jr. got hurt. So he's only got two points, but he hadn't played since the first quarter. Yeah, so we're, we're keeping a very close eye on what's happening in that basketball contest. Oh, by the way, Trey Young's got 21 points. There you go. Um, For the Hawks. Where am I? What am I doing? Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, It's championship weekend. It is. Yeah, NFL championship games, AFC, NFC championship games, both happening on Sunday. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the key matchups that you are looking forward to in those games? 877-881-1053. That's the truckwreck.com text line. Let us know what games you're looking for or what matchups you're looking forward to in these match are in these games, and so with that being the case, uh, how about you start it off? All right, I am wildly interested in the idea of Debo Samuel in this game mm-hmm. versus the Detroit Lions. I mean, like that clearly is going to be Debo versus the whole defense. That's right. I mean, it really is going to be huge in that in that regard. Um. Since 2020, the Niners have averaged three fewer points per game when Debo Samuel doesn't play compared to when he does. Right? Like, mm-hmm. this, the, you could basically stop there. You break it down to that. The offense produces at a higher level when he's playing in the game. The ways in which you have to focus on what he can do, the ways in which he can run routes and, like, get yak after the, uh, you know, after the catch crossing the field, those types of things. Mm-hmm. But then also the ways that he can absolutely line up in the backfield and operate like a full-fledged running back. It's going to really test Andre Glenn in that uh, Lions defense. I am really inside, or excited to see what that matchup looks like, especially for the likes of, like, Cameron Sutton, um, the cornerback for the Lions. How about the um, quarterback, Brock Purdy, versus the Lions secondary? They got lit up! In back-to-back playoff games by Matthew Stafford, who threw for 367 yards, and Baker Mayfield with his bad ribs throwing for 349 yards. Purdy, again, he didn't do nothing in that rain except for that one touchdown drive. What can he do when the weather's going to be fine? They say on Sunday it's going to be partly cloudy, 72 degrees in Santa Clara. Yeah. I think that's going to be another key and watch Debo catch it and run. Yeah, and what's interesting is you mentioned that line. The Lions' defense, uh, when you talk about their pass rush, mm-hmm. they have one guy really that you talk about as a pass rusher that's you know a game breaker, Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. and he's very good. But what happens when you you focus the attention there? The Lions have been doing a good job of you know managing to get some level of pressure still, 
But I mean that that is a that is a pretty big substantial. Well, I guess Trent Williams is a big substantial offensive line, and the rest of that line real interesting to see. And so it'll it'll I I, I want to see if they're able to keep him Brock Purdy clean. And then obviously it it's going to start with having to run the football right for the mm-hmm. Niners. They're going to need to run the football Christian well. McCaffrey, but. Uh, one thing that I imagine will will look interesting is the Lions. You know, use a good amount of man coverage, and they'll they'll use that especially on third down. So Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. those guys, those crossers that they can mm-hmm. get free on. George if, Kittle, if they're gonna, if they're Kittle's open on get some too, right? If they're open in those circumstances, that really allows Brock Purdy to do the things that he does well. Um, now. He, I know a lot of people gave him a lot of credit for that final drive where they went 69 yards to get themselves mm-hmm. in, in position. He was poised. Absolutely. Um, now, not dealing with rain and everything, you want to make sure that he's not in a position where you have to talk about his poise. You want to see, just see him cook in open situations or open circumstances, I imagine, if you are the Niners. Um, let's say, from the 214, they say folks forgot about Debo Samuel's beef with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Oh, yeah, those guys yeah. those guys traded barbs the last time that these teams mm-hmm. matched up. And so, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting as well. Elsewhere in that game, how about, uh, is there any portion of the Lions offense versus the, the uh, Niners defense? Because for me, it's the Lions and their two-headed running back, and honestly, really just their offensive line versus the linebackers of the San Francisco 49ers. If you could, I, I look, I'm Drake Greenlaw, Frank mm-hmm. or Fred Warner, incredible defensive uh, defensive linebackers. When you talk about being able to cover, uh, being able to move around in space, but they have been the the defense hasn't been as good at stopping the run as you would think historically. The ways in which you think about the 49ers defense, this is a Lions team that loves loves to run the football, and so it'll be interesting to see for me how how they handle that because the Lions are absolutely predicated on running the football and then utilizing play action to help Jared Goff go crazy getting the ball to obviously not Amon Ross St. Brown some of the other guys that they have 49ers, 49ers apply a lot of pressure on uh, offenses this year 10th best in the league and they do it without a whole bunch of blitzing they 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 rarely blitz only like 34% of the time that they blitz with that being said Jared Goff like I said he does not beat the 49ers back to his uh, Rams days. And he grew up in that area. He grew up in Northern California. Jared Goff has lost to the, um, to the, to the 49ers five straight times. And if you're going to hope that he carries the team, it ain't going to happen. They better hope that running game keeps the 49ers offense off the field. That's the, to me, that's what you have to hope for the Lions if you want the Lions to win this game. They're going to have to muddy it up and make it look like the uh, Buffalo Bills versus the Dallas Cowboys when the Bills just dominated the clock, dominated the snaps, and kept the Cowboys offense most off the field most of the time. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be their only – that would be their best hope, not their only hope, but their best hope because I cannot assume Jared Goff is going to carry them to victory, not him. All right, how about the AFC game, dun, dun, dun. The, the earlier of the two? Woo. Um, when the Chiefs have the ball, obviously it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, but interestingly, it's probably against the Ravens' front four. Um, the Ravens, they don't blitz a ton, blitzing 21, 22% of the time, mm-hmm. which ranked 25th in the NFL this season. But they managed to get pressure, and they, they led this league in sacks, even though they did not have a super high pressure rate. And so that allows them to put guys back in coverage, uh, for the for the Ravens, and so we know that Joe Thune is not playing as well for the Kansas City Chiefs on their offensive line. That's going to be a place to watch. Can Patrick Mahomes stay upright, stay um, See, that's the thing. stay clean with the pressure that the Ravens can get? The Ravens are number four in the league in sacks, and they are top five in every other category too. That's a nasty defense that Mike McDonald has put together. Patrick Mahomes going to be running for his life. But he he's but good he, at running for his life though. That's yeah, the that's thing. the thing. But he can. We it's see not he, like he's a pocket passer. Right. He he we get it to that sideline just chucking that uh-huh. thing sideways. As long as his receiver's not in the neutral zone. And <laughs> yeah, so he can complete a play. Yeah, but and that's that's also one of those things is those receivers mm-hmm. that he's throwing to at that point, are they going to be able to get open? And honestly, are they going to be able to reward the efforts that I'm, I imagine he's going to have to put out there to stay upright, stay clean, give himself opportunity and time 
to let routes develop. By the way, they got to they got to reward him on the back end by catching the football. Just found this stat about Mahomes. We're talking about he he's going to have to run for his life and try not to get sacked. He might. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to ever go with zero sacks, zero turnovers, and three consecutive playoff starts. Wow. That thing could come to an end in Baltimore on Sunday, but it began last year in the Super Bowl because last year was the first no sacks, no turnovers, and these uh, last two games, Kansas City and in uh, Buffalo. That's the first game in the ice, second game in Buffalo. And, and, now, and now you have an opportunity to go up against a mm-hmm. defense that, that could really get after you. Yep, here, here's the deal. He's had three, excuse me, he's had 10 passing touchdowns and no interceptions in his last five playoff games. He is beasting right now. I mean, look, there's a reason why we look at Patrick Mahomes as a singular entity when we talk about quarterbacks in this league, man. So here's what he's going against. 2023 Ravens, that defense, first team in NFL history to lead and or co-lead the league in scoring defense, sacks, takeaways, and tie for the most in the NFL with the Giants all in the same season. That's what they're going up against in their own house. Yeah. It's it's going to be a fascinating watch. Roquan I'm, Smith. I'm super excited to watch that. And even then, like you mentioned Roquan Smith, he'll sometimes be in pressure, but it's really those down linemen that are going to be doing a lot of that work. Or maybe maybe some simulated pressures. When you know maybe they'll bring one guy, drop another guy out, still ultimately send four, but have it have it sh- look differently. They're going to they're going to give Patrick Mahomes a lot of different looks. Like that's also a thing that Mike McDonald is going to do is they're they're going to disguise what they do oh, a lot. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes, his feet will have to be working, but I imagine more than that, his legs or his uh, brain will have to be working a lot on trying to dis- you know discern what exactly the Baltimore Ravens are throwing at him. You know how um, Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree. Uh, always owns Dan Quinn. Yeah. Okay. I think it's was, 0 for 6 at this wild. point. Andy Reid has a coaching tree, and he has never lost, ever, 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 Andre 3000, three stacks, to a former assistant coach in a playoff game. That's right. If he were to lose to Baltimore, did you know John Harbaugh was a long-lost assistant coach to him? Harbaugh would become the first former Andy Reid assistant coach to defeat him in a playoff game. And it's not like he hasn't had five and on playoffs against his former assistant. And it's not like he hasn't had good assistants come out there uh, yeah. and play. It's just a testament mm-hmm. to how good of a coach Andy Reid has been. How about the? And by the way, that when was he his assistant coach? Back when he was with the Eagles in uh, ninety nine, two thousand six. Yeah, just just ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how about this uh, key matchup when the Ravens have the ball? Lamar Jackson versus Chiefs blitzes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar obviously, you know, has had a fantastic season presumptive MVP at this point. Steve Spagnuolo is is like really been showing his his defensive acumen mm-hmm. with this Kansas City Chiefs team. Um Lamar Jackson took 2.7 seconds to throw per drop back this season, mm-hmm. which was second only to uh, Justin Fields who took longer. Like he's he's willing to hold the ball back there and you've seen during the course of this season that sometimes get to them, especially like on mm-hmm. the on the left side where maybe Ronnie Stanley was maybe hurt every once in a while or maybe he got beat mm-hmm. and a guy would come around and just kind of take that ball to Lamar Jackson's hands. There's been there's been a few turnovers that have happened from him holding the football at times and extend the plays that could allow the Chiefs to get back and get him get pressure on him because well, the Chiefs. Well, I got an answer for you on that one. Chiefs are second in pressure rate and in sacks um, and also seventh in blitz rate. So like they they like sending guys. They well, like trying to get to them. Well, you talk about him possibly knocking the ball over his hand or turning the ball over. Guess what? He's uh, over the last seven starts, won six starts, all against teams with winning records. Cowboys, <laughs> while compiling. 18 total touchdowns and only two turnovers. Yep. Two. So, and by the way, they've won those games by an average of 17 and a half points a game. Oh, man. The Ravens have been, they've been, I mean, just a bulldozer. Totally dominant. This year. They have been, inc- dominant totally is the word, dominant. absolutely, that I use personally. Um, so, I, I completely agree with you. But the Chiefs defense has been very good. They're going to need to try and heat Lamar Jackson up because he's been the engine of what's what makes this thing work. And... Lamar Jackson, we always think of him as like, you know, fast, speedy, great runner, elusive, right. all those things. He's using those skills to help him set up the pass. To help him stay in the pocket and stay yep. up, stay alive and get the pass down. That's field. right. Keeping everybody uh 
put them like this, not keeping them in check, but keeping them honest. Yeah. Making that defense honest. That's it's right. It's almost like a running back keeping you honest. That's right. And so that's going to be a challenge for the Chiefs defense is dealing with Lamar Jackson in that way, especially if, if they're able to get into the backfield and maybe try and heat him up. He's still been very good at you know extending and then mm-hmm. throwing over that defense, finding the likes of Zay Flowers, finding uh, Rashad Bateman from time to time, finding Odell Beckham Jr., and so it's that's gonna, that's one of the matchups I'm watching for in this championship. AFC who do, championship who game. do you like uh, in these two games? I like Baltimore uh, a huge amount in this game. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a team that's still left that'll beat them. So you'll know exactly where I'm going in the Super Bowl should they get this done. But no, uh, the offensive uh, the offensive problems with what's happening with this uh, Chiefs team give me hesitation. I, the wide receiving core, I don't trust them enough to be consistent mm-hmm. to maximize all the opportunities that are going to be put on their in front of their plate and now I'm missing Joe Thune is going to kind of hamper that offensive line I think it might be just too much for you know the entirety of that Chiefs team and particularly it might be too much to put on Patrick Mahomes to have to overcome against a very good Baltimore Ravens team that's where I go there totally agree with you I have mad respect for Kansas City love love Patrick Mahomes he's always at Maverick games soon as season ends he's always up there at Mavericks games but I think it's Lamar Jackson's time. I said it before. Uh, I said it Christmas Eve, Christmas night is when you saw it, the Super Bowl matchup. It's the 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are going to spank the 49ers again. Bottom line. Now, so you're taking you're taking the Niners in the NFC game. Yeah, the only way they don't make it is if for some reason Aiden Hutchinson just throws a sack party on Brock Purdy. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think. Because Brock Purdy is the game manager that makes that whole Kyle Shanahan system go. If he, if he doesn't, put it like this, if he throws a sack party on Brock Purdy, it would be up to Christian McCaffrey. But guess what? Christian McCaffrey, if he were to get 100 yards, he'd be the first running back to get 100 yards on that Detroit Lions defense. I don't see, um, I don't see Detroit winning the game. And I have I have a lot of love for them just making it an interesting season for themselves. Yeah, they I mean, look, they're they've done a fantastic job. They're ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. But when you're this close, you want to try and go get it. I'm look, that that's a team that can run the football. Mm-hmm. I think if they can be consistent running the football, they can maybe put the Niners in a place where they might have to chase the game a little bit. And one thing that we have not talked about and I I've been talking a lot about the idea of uh, you know, coaching, giving mm-hmm. advantages in the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan is definitely one of those types of coaches, except one thing we know about Kyle Shanahan, he 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 can mess himself up when you get into those circumstances. He cost himself two rings, one in Atlanta and one in the 49ers because he tried to throw the damn ball in the fourth quarter for no reason. That's right. Luka, by the way, now has 67 points. That's right, 67 points. And there's four points. minutes and 35 seconds left in the game. There you go. And the Mavericks are leading 131 to 125. It's still wide open. They're going to need Luka every minute of these last few minutes. And here's the sad part. about it. I keep looking at both because I'm trying to keep everybody up with this. Tim Hardaway Jr. has erupted for a grand total of eight points. I said he's got to get double digits, didn't I? You did. He got four minutes to do something. They're going to lose this game. If they win this game with Tim Hardaway only scoring eight points, it's going to be a miracle. That means Luka is definitely scoring 70. Yeah, he's he's putting on a show. We'll see if he he's can. He's won three away. We'll see if he can, you know, get some more some more fantastic points on the board. And it's obviously, sadly enough, we'll see if he can do it and make them make sure that they win. Like you mentioned, six-point game, 131-125. We'll keep you up to date with what's happening there. But it's the get right right here on 105.3 And we're both picking the 49ers versus Baltimore with Baltimore winning the Super Bowl. I think so. I think so. But we got to get through championship weekend. We just picked those two, though. That's right. No, I'm saying we got to get through championship weekend first. Uh, I mean, if we if we call that in the Super Bowl and then some something shakes up, we will we will have to reevaluate. We'll give you some more we? Super Bowl predictions. <laughs> we'll give you some new Super Bowl. That's right. That's right. Uh, coming up next, let's talk about three numbers that explain the Cowboys' season. We'll discuss next on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Latatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Luca. Yeah, man, Luka Doncic has crossed the 70-point mark. 70 points for him in this contest. 10 rebounds in the contest as well. That is a 70-point double-double. Only the 15th, if I'm correct, right? In NBA history. That is right. And so they, it is still a scrap six-point game. Actually, change that. Four-point game with two minutes to go. Mavericks leading 30, 137 to 133. Atlanta won't go away. They're at home. Trey Young's got 27. Um Lucas got 70. I did say Tim Hardaway's going to have to get double digits. He hit a three. He's got 11 points now. And if he makes that shot, he missed it. No. Uh, look, we're, we're, we're actually watching this game as we're trying to do the show. It's it's getting real real spicy, real close. Real chippy. But you know what? Let's One minute and 39 seconds left. We're going to keep you updated. We will keep you updated. We'll talk about this here shortly. We might talk about it in the next segment and really break it down. Um, but let's talk about your Ma- or your Cowboys. We were just talking about your Mavericks. Uh, here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys, 105 through the fan. Again, you can always put uh, get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. This is courtesy of Dan Moore at Dean Magazine. Put together this interesting piece that caught my attention earlier Mm -hmm. today. The three numbers that explain the Dallas Cowboys in this past season three numbers three numbers that explain this Cowboys team obviously third straight 12 and 5 regular season 36 which means 36 wins over the last three years you know that's actually more than any team aside from the Chiefs right with Patrick Mahomes and Uh yet and still here you are (laughs) one's been a one's been the six straight conference championship games and won a couple of Super Bowls along the way Cowboys ain't that team yeah, and you ha- you haven't you haven't even gotten a win in the divisional round. Like that's Mm-mm. that's where you are. But let's let's break down some of what happened this season. So there's three numbers, huh? We begin with this number seventy point seventy four point six. My goodness, you think I'd be able to talk doing this job? Seventy four point six. That is Ceedee Lamb's uh, catch rate. Seventy four point six percent catch rate for Ceedee Lamb. So you know. He obviously led the NFL 135 receptions on 181 targets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you know that he also set franchise records and receptions receiving yards. We talked about that, myself and UCA. But he was really efficient this year, as yes, evidenced by that number, right? He finished the year with a personal best and fourth best amongst qualified re- receivers, almost 75% catch rate. He did that while being targeted more than any other receiver in the league and at an average depth of 9.5 yards downfield. Here's what's so wild about those numbers. I'm just going to inject this part. Yeah. Remember, they didn't start getting the ball until after they lost to the 49ers That's halfway right. through October. That's right. Imagine if they started the season that way. I mean, he would have fallen away. He would have 2,000 yards. He would have far and away been the MVP. Well, not the MVP. The but, most, the best offensive player. How, whatever the category he's, he's nominated for the NFL honors on. Yeah, and the offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. There that's you go. What I was looking for, yeah. Um, and so none of the receivers, uh, the three receivers ahead of him, had an average target of depth over uh, above eight. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like getting down the field, catching the ball down the field, doing that efficiently, doing that consistently. I mean, he set the standard when it came when it came to you know offensive play for this team. Um, and so, you know, he, he's improved by every measure. We talk about catches, yards, EPA per target, success rate, so on and so forth. The improvement has been there. 
And so he proved himself to be one of the elite wide receivers in the league. And, I mean, that's obvious. That was obviously one of the big things that happened this season because that was where the offense leaned. You saw that they did some evaluation at the bye week, and they were like, look, Mm -hmm. what's the best way for us offense to operate? Throwing the football and throwing the football specifically to CeeDee Lamb. And you saw the way that there was an uptick there. And that's why in the last game, the, the playoff game, you saw how distraught he was because that number was not happening. And that's one of the reasons they lost that game. Although Absolutely. every aspect of the Cowboys, offense, defense, special teams, coaches, players, they all sucked and lost that game. By the way, Luka got an assist. Mavericks lead 142 to 136. He's now 72 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. That's right. That's right. This uh, is insane. We are under We're a minute left history, to go. Man. Yeah, under and a minute. And by the way, when I said uh, 15 15th, uh, 70 points. It's not 15th double-doubles. It's 15th person in NBA history to get 70 points. Mm, period. Okay. Period. Got you. 70, you go. period. Thank he got you. 72 and at the free throw line about to have 73. All right. Um, And, and he's made 70. There he's it got, is. He's, he's got the most scored points in one game this season, passing Joel Embiid with his flat 70 this couple of days ago. Louis got 73. And it really it does feel like they have needed every single point of they the do. 73 as of right now. Could be 49 seconds left. Here shortly. They're up 143 to 138. How about this as uh, the second number that helps uh, define this Cowboys season? 155, Chris Arnold. Um, and what you just saw on the TV is kind of some of that. The defense relied on 155 splash plays. Ah. So the Cowboys had a top five defense in terms of points. Are you talking about, okay, splash plays, go ahead. But yeah, and, and they were top 10 in at a lot of advanced metrics and everything. But the defense, uh, one of the things that you know you look at is ultimately you gave up 41 points to the Packers in that wild card game. And the defense was heavily reliant on splash plays. So there were 155 plays in which the defense recorded an interception, a forced fumble, a sack, a tackle for a loss, or a stop on fourth downs. And only Baltimore and Cleveland racked up more than those plays. And so you look at the team's success and success rate in particular and how how that measures a defense and how like consistently they were able to pre- prevent an opponent from doing what they did. Dallas was very good against the pass, but not like the elite defense that it seemed like it looked at some points. And so does facing design runs, obviously they were worse than the NFL on play to play success rate, Buffalo. which is not, that's not surprising to anyone that watched mm. this football team, but they, they were amongst the league's best in generating big plays all the way through the time that Dan Quinn has been the defensive coordinator. But yeah, obviously it was just, it was a huge splash play year. And it's been, it's been a huge three splash play years, which honestly has been longer than any, I think I expected at the very least, because typically splash plays aren't sustainable or we, we talk about them as not being sustainable. Uh, used in the to say NFL. you cannot guarantee uh, takeaways and turnovers and bumble recoveries and interceptions. Dan Quinn, not this year, but the two years before uh, Cowboys led the league in takeaways. And then this year, they led the league in pressure, quarterback pressure, or pressure on all, on the quarterback. Here's what's so sad. Mm-hmm. Despite doing all of that, that's why it made no sense that he decided to change up his defense for that wild card game against the Packers and stop doing man coverage and said, let's do some zones that we haven't really been working on all year. And the players could not adjust, which is why you saw the Packers complete passes, the guys wide open who got the ball, nobody in the – TV frame. When I was at the game. I was looking down. And I was like, there's nobody in the secondary on him. And the guy would get yak. And it was always a different receiver. And there was no pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. It allowed them to beat your scheme as opposed to beat your players individually. Because your scheme was not what you ran. Yeah. It, and that's and again, that's why Dan Quinn, it, it's like, you got he's got to be halfway embarrassed taking them interviews right now. Got to be. Because he's better than what he last showed. Oh, yeah. I imagine that there's a lot of answering of questions in regards to what happened there. I, I mean, I just can't imagine a, a, you know, a hiring manager, an owner, whoever is, you know, making that, you know, doing, yeah. conducting that interview, not then, being like, hey, then you what, what exactly was that? As his only tenure as a head coach, the Super Bowl loss when Atlanta let New England come from behind the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. That's on his resume as well. Yeah. So it's like, as uh, the Mavs turn the ball over, they lead by six points. Left. 
Uh, yeah, there's 15.7 seconds left. 146, 140 is what's happening there. And they, really, all they had to do was run the clock out, and they accidentally throw the ball away, trying to throw the ball underneath the goal. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's, Atlanta just hit a crazy three with eight seconds left. It is spicy You're there. It's, it's getting down they gave it to, to Luca. It, what it, who are you throwing it to? Okay, you just let the clock roll in. Five seconds left. Yeah, there's, there's they been, fouled somebody. Yeah, they must have fouled foul Luca, then fouled Tim Hardaway Jr. Somebody make, somebody make one free throw. Just make at least one of these. Tim's at the free throw line. That's right. Um, how about the third number that defines the Mavs season, or the not the Mavs, the Cowboys season this year? We're trying to do two things at once. That's okay. We're watching history. It's not like a random game. 61. Mike McCarthy's 61% aggressiveness. So McCarthy took over play calling duties this season, mm-hmm. obviously, with uh, Kellen Moore going to the Am Los Angeles Chargers. going on fourth down and stuff? Yep, um, and McCarthy was conservative with Prescott early in the year. Um, obviously, they tried to avoid the interception. You saw the ways and just that offense was – it looked constipated mm-hmm. is the way that I say it. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but one area where he was not conservative just in general was fourth down decisions, That's right? right? Um, and so not all those are the same, but you know his attempts have been made to quantify just how many percentage points of a win probability – Teams are gaining or losing by going for it on fourth down versus punting. Um, and so on fourth down plays in which the Cowboys stood to gain at least one percentage point of win probability, right, by going for it as opposed to punting or kicking a field goal, they left the offense on the field 61% of the time in those circumstances, which is sixth highest in the NFL. And they converted 64% of the time in those instances. So they they went for it about two-thirds of the times in mm-hmm. which it was like, hey, this this could give you an opportunity to really boost your chances of winning. And McCarthy absolutely, um, you know, he, he was aggressive in that way. Um, and over the last four seasons in Green Bay, you know, he, he did not have that same aggression. So this was, you know, significantly higher, this 61% aggressiveness, than, you know, it was previously – in, in here and that in was Dallas another thing I was upset about in Green Bay. At that wild card game, I was like, okay, Dan Quinn's playing something different. Green Bay marches down the field, score seven, and Mike McCarthy is going by the book. And I was like, you've got to match this stuff. You cannot just one, two, three punt. You just you just can't. And they did, and they lost. They got blown out. By the way, the Mavericks are going to win this game. It's five seconds left. Tim Hardaway Jr. made both of his free throws. And there's just no way Atlanta's going to get a five-point play in five seconds. No. And so it looks like your Mavs will get a victory here um, as they are taking on Atlanta in Atlanta right now. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's actually let's, let's break this game down. We right? should. I mean, we, we've been engrossed with the final you know, moments of it anyways. A historic game. Absolutely. We'll tell you about Luka's history being made tonight and break down what happened in this contest. We'll do it next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. To get right right here on 105 through the fan, Reginald Attitude here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks for rolling with us on a Friday evening, a historic Friday evening. Mm-hmm. Why, you ask? Well, I'll tell you why. Your Dallas Mavericks get a much-needed 148-143 victory in the state of Georgia versus the Atlanta Hawks. This is kind of capping off a rivalry week that the NBA has kind of uh, mm-hmm. put up. Obviously, the rivalry being between the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic versus Trey Young, who, uh, you know, they were traded for each other on draft night. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine the Atlanta Hawks might look around, even though Trey Young put up 30 points, 11 assists in this one. Uh, they know who got the better of the players as Luka Doncic scores, get this, 73 points while also getting 10 rebounds and 7 assists. I mean, let's 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 run down the various ways in which this is notable. Um, this is the most points in a game, or let me let me start here. Um, is just the fourth player in NBA history to reach the plateau of seventy three points, along with Will Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant, and David Thompson. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, let's Joel start there. Joel Embiid, who had seventy the other day, had did not score seventy three. He's for t- those who are trying to keep up with this. 
Luka Doncic is the 10th player in NBA history to score 70 points or more. Four have come in the last year. In this last year, we're seeing, obviously, we're seeing just the points continue to tick up and up, CA. We might talk about that as we continue in this segment. But also, and this is per Shane Young at Young NBA on Twitter, Luka Doncic has now the most efficient 70-plus point game in NBA history. So true mm-hmm. shooting percentage is kind of a, mm-hmm. it's an advanced metric that kind of tries to get your just general efficiency over mm-hmm. all shooting with, you know, basically weighting differently, the three-point shot versus two-point shot, all those things. Luka Doncic had a 91.2% true shooting percentage, which passed Damian Lillard's 80.4 from last year. And with that 90-plus true shooting percentage, he scored the most points with 90-plus um, true shooting percentage. The previous leaders, Kyrie Irving had 54 in 2020. Fred Van Vliet had 54 in 21. James Harden had 56 in 2017. So Luka Doncic blowing that out of the water while also being super uber efficient. 25 of 33 from the floor, 8 of 13 from deep, and a 15 of 16 from the free throw line. Just a, a, a maestro of a performance from Luka Doncic. And he, they needed every single one of them points, uh, CA. Yes, they did. And his 73 points, as you mentioned, very few players have scored 73-plus points. Yeah. His 73 points were the most points in a game in the NBA since Kobe got his 81. And Kobe's 81 were the most points in the NBA since Wilt got his 100. So Luka's got some rare air. And by the way, it would have been a 70-point triple-double. By the way, Luka owns the highest point triple-double with a 60-point triple-double against the Knicks last year in overtime. It would have been a triple-double tonight had somebody helped him out. Tim Hardaway Jr. wound up with 13 points, but he was 3 out of 12, 3 yeah. out of 9 from deep. Josh Green, he was helping him out. 21 points, 4 out of 5 from 3. He was a plus 9. Luca, by the way, it's plus 13. Tim Hardaway Jr. was a negative, negative 5. Can we, can we, Everybody else was, was just single digits. Yeah, can, is it okay if we stop here and talk about this for a moment? Because obviously Luka mm-hmm. Doncic is going to take up all the air in the building, oh, yeah. and he, rightfully so. I mm-hmm. mean, this is... This is incredible. You could see it in the way that he was playing. He was damn near unstoppable. And please understand, if you were not actively watching this game, when you go, he scored 73, why didn't somebody try and stop him? Oh, buddy, they did. Right? Like they, they sent doubles. They sent all these things. They tried to make it difficult on him, and he would not allow it. He would not hear it. But I'm very encouraged by Josh Green's 8 of 12 in this game. Uh, you know, 4 or 5 from deep. He started 2 of 2, yeah. or 3 of 3 from 3. Uh-huh. These are the types of games that you know – are possible with Josh Green, but that are mm-hmm. that feel few and far between with him. And obviously, some of this is going to be evidenced by, or some of this is going to be helped by the fact that Luka Doncic was on such a tear that a lot of attention goes there. But I mean, Luka Doncic is on your team all the time, and that's going to generate some attention. How encouraging is it to see Josh Green give you this performance on this night? Oh, it was absolutely impressive, and they needed it if they're going to win the game. The Mavericks win 148 to 143, and they needed every one of the points that people gave them. I'm talking about the guys on the roster. They're now 24 and 20. Josh Green stepping up because, again, Tim Hardaway Jr., when he's on, he's on. And we were talking about this earlier in the show. When he's on with Kyrie, both of those guys scored 30-something points. Uh, only the second time in Mavericks history, uh, two guys scored 30-something points in the game. Well, Tim Hardaway Jr. was needed tonight and he couldn't get it done. So Josh Green stepped up and got it done. I'm, I was laughing a little minute ago because somebody actually texted in, Luca could have had 80 points, but Tim Hardaway wouldn't pass it to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's just facts. From the 972. That's just facts. From the 972, uh, they didn't, uh, Atlanta didn't send doubles until the fourth quarter started. Interesting strategy. Yeah, The tough thing about it is, I don't know that they felt that they needed to because if it's Luca getting his and nobody else, yeah. this game was close. Right. And again, He's shooting threes. You can't guarantee a three, so I don't care if he's just sending doubles or not. He's making the damn threes. Ask Tim Hardaway how hard it is to make a three and, when you're wide open and this in is, Atlanta. Right, and so this was one of the things that we were talking about earlier. I asked you uh, the idea of are Kyrie's injuries going to hurt you because Kyrie does not play in this game, neither does Maxi Kleba. Um, it, Kyrie's had a right thumb sprain that happened earlier in the week, and so this is the second game that he's missed with that. Um, he was he didn't participate in shoot around, so like he obviously, 
He wasn't in. He wasn't participating. Yeah. He was at the game. Yeah, he was. He was there, but he didn't participate. And obviously, like I was, that, made, I was made it clear for those who weren't in, yes. if he even flew in. I appreciate. Does he you. care? People, people wonder does he care? Because there are people who sure. have a narrative against Kyrie. You can't change their mind, but they were like, he wasn't even there. Fair enough. No, no, he was there, and he was going crazy over Lucas seventy three points. Absolutely, and I mean, he's he's been a good Not citizen. You, the people who hate him. I hear you. I'm with you. Uh, he he's been a good citizen all the way through all being way through here. Like, being I don't I don't think that he's assailable. But since there he's are been. people who don't know that, and that's sure. why we have to bring it up. I appreciate it. And so, you know, but the fact of the matter is he misses this game. And one of the things we were talking about is how do you how do you manage to con- or continue to have that production when he's he's a valuable part of what you do. Yes, he is. And in the instances where he's not playing, you need somebody to be able to step up. And Tim Hardaway Jr. has been that guy. But we know Tim Hardaway Jr. to be a streaky scorer. And this is this it's is one of scary. those games. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this might highlight even more that I mean, this season, I don't think that it's something that you can just well, go make a trade and change it. But I think. This season for me, and tell me if you disagree, has you know represented a season where the Mavs are trying to figure out exactly how how to structure their team to build towards the championship that they ultimately want to contend for, maybe in the next year or two, right? That they want to be in that place. And what I'm seeing is it feels like if you're going to be Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving as your mainstays, as your tent poles, which I feel like that's a good start, the third best player needs to be someone that you anticipate being... I can I can depend on this. I can depend on some scoring. This scoring, whenever and, I and whenever I need it, and I need you to be able to step up to be the second best player on this night. Oh, okay, cool. And the thing that's tough is that Tim Hardaway Jr. He can give you thirty, but just as easily he can give you thirteen on three of twelve. And that's why, even though what they really need is a defender, a rebounder, uh, whether the defender is a perimeter defender or somebody interior that can defend you might need somebody that can score. And that's why Bogdanovich in Detroit is a name that's thrown out every now and then, not as the solution to anything, but just in case you don't have Luka or Kyrie. I'm talking about individually. Sure. They get both get injured. The Mavericks have had so many injuries this year. It's an amazing thing that they have 24 victories. With that being said, uh, Dante Exum was a fine. Now, he's only he only scored nine points tonight, but he plays defense and he can score. Um, you just don't have the consistency that you thought you would get out of Hardy. Hardy was great last year. So it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Well, the only thing you can do is say we can continue to build. And I think they've always known. I've repeated this all night long. Okay, Nico, Jay Kidd, Mark Cuban, they've all known. Michael Finley, they've all known Kyrie is 31 years old and he has a history of injury. Dwight Powell getting flipped onto him. It's not his fault. This is not a load management situation. This isn't a, a, a nagging injury where, oh, his bones are getting old. No. He missed most of the month of December because of a freak accident, which could have been much worse. With that being said, I think they know, okay, we've got enough offense. That's the way they look at it. We've got enough offense, mm-hmm. and we might not need both Luka and Kyrie if we get a defender. I think that's what they're looking at. And I get, when I say a defender, I'm not talking about somebody that's going to clog up the defense. I'm not talking about a big name number three. That's not going to happen during this trade deadline. It's going to probably happen in the summertime. I'm talking about a big name three that's a defender. You know, yeah. the only other person I could see that could solve a lot of these things for them that is probably a long shot. And I'm not saying he's a perfect fit, but on paper, he solves a lot of these issues. Draymond Green. Because Draymond can score, Draymond can defend, Draymond can rebound, Draymond can set up an offense. Only thing about Draymond right now is he's frustrating because, as Charles Barkley put it, in his waning years, Charles Barkley said, when I was a a Houston Rocket, I acted out like Draymond because I knew my body wasn't doing what I wanted it to do no more. So if that's what's going on with Draymond, he don't need to be here. But if, if, and I doubt if he's going to be traded here, but I'm just saying that's the kind of guy that you said can give you some points, can give you some defense, can give you some boards, and won't impede the growth of Derek Lively the second. The only thing is, I, I I'll quibble with you on the scoring. I think like he does not score consistently enough for what we're talking about. But you know what? It might be. It, it's probably in fact unfair for me to say you need a third guy who can absolutely come in and just like every night get you twenty five. But one thing that's evident, and um, I don't think anybody. They always say this. Nobody in the league is going to give you the same kind of offense that Luka and Kyrie sure, will. Sure. So, again, it's almost a luxury. Absolutely. And you can't just count on just the offense. And the worst thing I said that you could have, it if, if both of those guys are always heard, is having a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard situation. And the only thing they can do is try to address some of these needs in the summertime. 
it's not going to happen overnight. Of course, of course. Unless uh, you got something I don't know about. No, and I mean, I'm I'm largely talking in. So a in other words, you're throwing out theoreticals without solutions. Not theoreticals. What I'm talking about is like perspectives on how the team. Build. Okay. Safe then. That's. I mean, that's that's what we've been talking about, but right? You, like, but sometimes you give solutions, and I have not heard a solution out of you tonight. Well, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to f- figure out like the larger context of how they try and move forward. Because again, like I said, I feel like this season is absolutely a season where you're looking forward and how you're building the team. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And so one of the things uh, I know that Jason Kidd has talked about. He talked about it last game after the game is that you've got a lot of guys on you know vet minimums and those types of mm-hmm. things that you're running. You know that you're running high and that you're having you know trying to yeah. push to their limits. They're playing the best they can. The likes of Derrick Jones the Jr., the likes of Dar- Dante yeah. Exum, and it feels like a game like this was definitely one where even if you don't have an, a single guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. who's like, oh, give me 20, 25, mm-hmm. what would have been nice is if you can get 12 here, 13 there, 14 there, and then all of a sudden now you piece it up to where a, a, a fantastic, incredible, phenomenal 73-point game is not absolutely necessary to be able to sneak by an Atlanta Hawks team. You know, 469 says you need somebody like Tobias Harris. You had mentioned Tobias during the break when we were talking off air. Yeah, uh, I, Somebody from the 214 says Alex Caruso from the Bulls. That might be a fine because he can score. I'm not saying he's a high-scoring guy. And again, you cannot assume you're going to get a high-scoring guy. Sure. If you're getting a high-scoring guy, that person generally doesn't play great defense. If he's playing great defense and scoring high, he ain't getting moved. Yeah, and that's I mean that's absolutely fair unless that team is like for some reason trying to go in the tank and start this thing over. And if he's that kind of a guy who can score a lot of points and plays great defense, he costs too much. He's probably making 40 million a year. Sure? Sure. So um, again, we're throwing out theoreticals. I'm giving you baby solutions and all I can tell you is this is not something – there's a lot of different kind of baby solutions to this, but it's something you just have to deal with. And I think sure, this is absolutely. not a surprise. This is – Kyrie being hurt is not a surprise, especially to the front office, because as you mentioned, you you, you ran it down. Mm-hmm. He has a history of various injuries over his career. With that being said, those 73 points, we should be cherishing that and not nitpicking about who's not playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Luka Doncic, a fantastic effort. I mean – he looked like a man possessed. Yes, in this and game. I think what happened with the fan and the fact that he was so frustrated with the referees the you know, previous game in Dallas, I think that had a lot to do with his razor focus because he did an interview with Ernie Johnson with TNT yep. yesterday where he tried to clean up, clear the air a little bit. Said, "Yeah, I was frustrated. I shouldn't have done that." Blah 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 blah. He took the hit. He said, "That's my fault." From the two one four, they said we need more McMahon and Luca back and forth. If if this Luca we get <laughs> after, him fired up. Uh, that that would be hilarious. Jim McMahon. But ultimately, this was a much needed Atlanta Hawks or a win versus the Atlanta Hawks because this team will be back in action again tomorrow night against the Sacramento Kings. That's a tough game. I know that the the schedule coming up gets a little bit you know a little bit tough for them. I know that they're getting. Um, going up and down, and so this was going to. This is good, right? This gives them a win. This kind of breaks that losing streak that was, you know, that was developing a little mm-hmm. bit. And I, I gotta imagine that this gives you some juice, right? A, a game like this where Luka Doncic gives you an incredible, incredible performance: seventy-three points, ten rebounds, seven assists, and a much-needed 148-143 win over the Hawks. Here's the irony again. I mentioned this is the most points in the NBA anybody has scored since Kobe scored eighty-one. Yes. This is also the day that Kobe Bryant passed away. Yeah. And Kobe Bryant. Four years ago, I guess, at this Kobe point. Kobe Bryant is, uh, you, you already know that Luca loves LeBron, but he also loved Kobe Bryant. And on Luca's avatar, on his Twitter handle, is a picture of Kobe and Gigi. And the picture was taken when the Mavericks played the Lakers in L.A. And Kobe was sitting on the front row, and, and, and Luca was focused on the game, had no idea. Kobe sitting behind him with Gigi, and this was a week before he passed away. He's sitting on the side, and he starts speaking to Luca in Slovenian. Mm-hmm. And Luca's like blown away because who knows Slovenian? He turns around and it's Kobe. And after the game, Kobe and Gigi gives Luca the big hugs, and that's his avatar. So it's an ironic thing that Luca scored the most points since Kobe Bryant on the day that Kobe Bryant passed away in 2020. Your Mavs now 25-20. and 20. They pull a half game within the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns had an interesting game as they had a loss this evening. Devin Booker, however, scored 60-plus points himself, 62 Damn. points. Yeah, and this is only – I think this is the second time in like four days that we have a couple of players score 70 points on this – or 60-plus points on the same night. Yeah, because – 
I think Book did it when no, was it Book that did it when Joel Embiid did seventy? Somebody did it sixty some points the same night. Embiid did seventy. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. That's, That's right. What it was. Did. Thanks, David. Cat did. Thanks, David. And so yeah, it's a high scoring week on Rivalry Week uh, here Man. in the NBA. And by the way, speaking of rivalries. Uh, the Mavericks will play the Phoenix Suns. That's their quote-unquote rival, right, with Book and, and, and uh, Luka. Mm-hmm. They will play them one more time. One final regular season game will be at the end of February. The date is February 22nd at the American Airlines Center. Get your popcorn. It's going to be a show. And also, um, we we got the rescheduling of the Golden State Warriors oh, good. game. When is that going to be? So that will be Tuesday, April 2nd. Okay. It'll happen. You'll go to uh, San Francisco to face off against the Golden State Warriors. But previously, there was a game against the Warriors scheduled on the 2nd. That game gets moved to the 5th, Friday the 5th. And that game will be happening here at the AAC in, in Dallas. And so what that does put together is that's a little back-to-back now that you have on Thursday, April 4th with the visiting Atlanta Hawks. And then Friday, the April 5th, you'll finish off your season schedule against the, or your season um, series rather, against the Golden State Warriors at the AAC. So there you go. That's what's happening with your Dallas Mavericks. Huge 73-point night for Luka Doncic. 73 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. The most efficient uh, high-scoring game in, 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 in NBA history. Luka Doncic doing incredible, amazing, historic things. As is expected from one of, if not the best, basketball player right now. Enjoy this and appreciate this because you're watching history. Every time he goes on the floor, anything could possibly happen. Go Mavs. So get right right here on 105 mm-hmm. through the fan. Coming up next, let's get some bold predictions for the AFC and NFC championship games that are happening on Sunday. We'll do it next on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.